Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's uh, Wednesday night, I guess. And um, I'm going to do that Torah while I can. And uh, thanks to the sponsorship of our uh, <clears throat> best, one of the very best uh, friends of this podcast, which is, of course, um, Gluck Plumbing and Lakewood Abe Gluck, Baruch Hashem. Thank you very much. And let's jump right into it. Uh, I can't help, as I mentioned the other day, last week also, but look at the Parsha, and especially the Torah, within the light of current events. It kind of jumps out at you. I tried to make that case before. This is certainly true in amazing ways today, I would argue. Here we go. We're talking about um, Ishayo, you know, chapter 40 and 41. And the first part is, uh, you know, just a fluffy, nice um, Nevuas. But then in 41, as they call it, Perkmemalov, you get all these things that sound like they're talking about the current war in the Gaza. In amazing ways. I mean, look what it says. The second verse. Uh, who has stirred up somebody coming from the east and called Tzedek to his service? Uh, he turns them to dust with his sword and to chaff with his bow. Or he scatters them like chaff before the wind, maybe, or something like, like that. The reason I say it is, People are writing to me and say, how come Israel isn't going in and this and that and the other. I tried to explain the other day, they have no idea how complex and how bad news the tunnels are. They think I'm just saying it, you know, Stamazai. But unfortunately, I think I know what I'm talking about. And you have no idea how complex it is. It's not one or two tunnels. It's like a million of them. And they have all kind of generate. It's very hard. And so Israel has to make a plan. And uh, because they've been letting this go for 20 years, so it's, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, think about that. They're going to have to turn them to dust with the sword, meaning the offer. The the enemy is fighting us with offer very ingeniously. And they're making all these, like I say, tunnels from which, um, you know, Israel is going to have to fight a very bloody business. The closest I can think about this is, um, what do you call it, when the Marines fought in uh, Iwo Jima and they lost thousands of men because they didn't cop that the Japs had all the island honeycombed with tunnels used to come out and kill people with them. And I don't know exactly, and, and now it's much more sophisticated. There's an article in Jewish Post if you're interested. It created Tamamish, what I was talking about. And uh, it, the Kali scrolls have to use their the cherub, the sword of Abraham, basically, because he's talking about Avram Avinu. Me here, me Mizrach Tzedek Who did he call from the east? Come with uh, with Tzedek uh, by his legs. That was Avram who walked to Israel. You understand? And Lefun of Goyim Yard, and he takes down all the nations that oppose him. That's a reference, obviously, to the four kings. That's why this is in the Haftarah today. You get it? Uh, why Isaiah 40 and 41? 
Uh, and you can read it, of course, that, uh, you know, it's a, he'll, he'll turn them all into dust. And that's true. That works also. But in light of current events, it also means Yitin Kalfar Karbo that they're going to have to put the Kharib onto the offer. You understand? Which is amazing. Uh, because that's exactly what Israel's going to have to do. Unless they figure out some other way of fighting in these tunnels. When the Marines went to uh, Iwo Jima, you know, in the end, the only thing that worked, a flamethrower, get it? That's what they did in 1945. Flamethrower. If you, if you go in every tunnel and you just shoot a lot of napalm in it, that works. I'm sure the enemy will put uh, women and children and stuff there. But that's how, you know, that's one way of dealing with it. Unless they have some sprinkler systems. I'm like, I don't know. They have incredible sophistication. It's not, it's not primitive the way you think. But I think the flamethrower will do it. I got to tell you, uh, I have many listeners around the world, as you know. And somebody wrote to me, uh, I'm not going to say who. Somebody wrote to me from a faraway place who's not of our faith. And he says, this is what he says. Why doesn't the Israeli army release massive amounts of feral pigs, rats, bats, and other destructive, quick-producing pests into the tunnel? It would preserve life, trip up any booby traps, destroy supplies and electronics, and generally cause a large amount of inconvenience without any moral qualms. I thought that's such an ingenious idea. I sent it to a friend of mine who, who again, I'm not yet saying any names. A friend of mine who actually, I won't give information, but he's, he knows the Israeli generals. And he said, this is a great idea. He's sending it over. So if that's what Israel ends up doing in, in the end, remember where you heard it. <laughs> the um, He'll be famous. But, you know, all funny things aside, it's very hard to uh, to get into these uh, uh, tunnel situations. The Radak says that, uh, in second interpretation, that Hashem will make the enemy weapons not work. In other words, the tunnels won't work. Halavai. Halabai, but that's really what's going over here. You're the fame Yavar Sholem, and he goes and talk about the military prowess of Avram Avinu. This is uh, the basis, is the story we all know, that, remember Choni Amagal's story in the Gemara? He took the dust of Avram and um, turned it into weapons. Remember that? So, you know, the guy switched to the, not Choni Amagal, who am I talking about? Gamzu That's the story. Remember Gamzu uh, and the caser said, what are you doing? He said, and it turned out it was the offer of Avram Avinu. That's based on the Pasuk, Yitin Kofar Karbo. That's an interpretation that takes it literally. That Hashem, the Rabbanu made the offer of Avram Avinu like a cherub. Meaning, Avram fought miraculously. You understand? If he defeated the enemy because he had not just Siyat HaDishmaya, but capital S Siyat HaDishmaya. Okay? And he goes on to say, and this speaks to me, and it should speak to you, if you look later in the parrot, because uh, Israel's in such a tough situation, and he says, I called Avram Meatsi Leho, he was one of the great people at the time, and I chose you to be my servant, and so forth and so on. And then he says a very famous verse, Al Tira Tolas Yankum Mase Israel. Right? Al Tira Tolas Yankum Mase Israel. So, what does that mean? Uh, you know, uh, do not be afraid, you worm of Jacob, of Yaakov. Why we Rashi even says worms? Look it up. So he says, uh, why, "Why speak that way?" I'll tell you right now. Eretz Yisrael, after going through what they went through in last week, it's like Tolas Yaakov. 
A worm is very weak. Israel is very weak. It's also strong. I get that. I understand. I know how big the army is. But you see that at the same time, we have great weaknesses. If we're not 100% alert all the time, everywhere, which is almost impossible, they can get through. They can break through. I mean, I'm sad to say it. I don't want to say it. But you see it, okay? All you need to be is to sleep and switch for a minute. And in, in pours all these uh, monsters, these uh, subhuman torturers. So I'll tiri tilis yanko. But Hashem says, this is the prophet Yeshayo talking. And this is Nebuchadnezzar for the future. And he's saying, I'll tiri tilis yanko. May say Israel, you small group of Israel. Um, now, uh, Hashem says, I will help you. And we're reading this Haftorah. They'll be reading in Israel and around the world. This this Shabbos. You tell me if the army doesn't go in by Saturday, and I don't know their schedule, and like anybody does know. Imagine if you're in army base or in front lines, and you're reading this Haftorah, and of course you're scared. What normal soldier is not scared? I mean, you got to be. You have to steel yourself to courage. I, of course, I understand that, but at the same time, you're scared. Because you're up against a, a real tough situation, and you're reading, and the Shayo is speaking to you and saying, "I'll tell you, Yaakov, don't be afraid, you little one of Yaakov." Now, there's a great shot here that I spoke about along those lines last week, and that's the Kocha Dibur. If we could only get our Achdus act together from Eliezer Bojansi, where he says. The worms actually, after a while, worm their way through anything, even through a mountain. Right? They can eat and pierce a mountain. And that's a way of saying the worm outlasts and destroys the mountain. So Klal Yisrael outlasts, this is interpretation of the Elas Yaakov, and pierces through the Har Magvos, the, the powerful nations, meaning the enemy nations, Begalusa, Ketolash, Shvoloch, Nua, like this little Tolas, which only has Kayach and its Peh. Now what it means is a worm doesn't have arms or legs. Worm just is a worm, as you know, as a head, as a mouth. But it eats its way through anything, if you get it enough time. But of course, the meaning for us is, it's kayach is bepeh. Now, the from way is through davening. You get it? The kayach is bepeh. And that's um, certainly true. I'm sure everybody has been davening extra hard and saying te'elam extra hard these last couple weeks. But also, bepeh means what I mentioned the other day, which is don't let the other guys dominate the narrative. You put out yours. We're actually telling the truth. And it's true that there are those Amalekim that don't want to hear the truth and will try to turn it, <coughs> excuse me, turn it around. And they'll say, you know, it's Israel's fault, Israel caused it, Israel bombed the hospital, all these lies that they know are lies, but they're saying it anyway. Well, you have to be able to double that and, 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 and uh, what's the right word? Out-talk that. Now you say, how can you out-talk all the rest of it? I'll tell you, don't 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 be so... Uh, unconfident, you worm of Yaakov. Yaakov is a worm. That is to say, he has a kayak repair. If we Jews make the argument, even if the other side out-argues and screams and this, that, the other, 
our message does get through. I know you don't think it does, but you should be surprised. There's a ton of people messaging through. I don't have to persuade those mamzerim that are marching against us and the threatening students like the Hebrew you know, Cooper Union and place like that. The Chalerias will remain the Chalerias, and, you know, with them, anti-Semitism is a terminal illness, which I hope, by the way, is literally true. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, I was somewhere today, and I won't say where, because I, I wasn't given permission, but in a certain campus in the South, uh, who was it? The, uh, the Jewish fraternity house was sort of like vandalized and things like this, and they put a big, uh, put, they painted on the wall, Free Palestine, uh, and things like this. The what I was told today was the Jewish students in that fraternity, none of this is from, of course. You responded by you know raising eight thousand dollars for Israel, which is which is a, a good way to go. You have to respond to uh, destruction by being constructive. You understand? You have to respond to destruction by being constructive. That's what everybody's saying. If they have chassidus now or shavuot in the middle of all this, you have to respond to destructive by being constructive. Building a bias memory throw and all the rest of it. My son, by the way, just got engaged. That's a point we made the other day. Uh, we had the vort last night. So, um, so anyway, they said that, and I said that they uh, erased, you know, did they wash off the sign? So the girl said she doesn't know. So I said, well, if you ask me, here's what you should do: don't erase the sign, free Palestine. Just get rid of the R E E. I'll let you figure out the rest. So anyway, Altiri told us Yaakov Mesei Yisrael. The Novi is saying, "Be like the worm, and use the Kaya Dibur. And when we have a powerful Kaya Dibur, if we do it relentlessly, a worm takes a long time to burrow through a mountain. Doesn't happen right away. It takes a long time to undercut a tree, but they can do it. You understand? So you have to have the Kaya, you have to have the patience, and you have to have what's the right word? The Zitzflesh. You know, the continuity to do it. And then he says something." And Hashem says, I'll help you. I'll make it happen. So the history of the Jewish people is it's a small worm. And somehow they out, 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 outlived the others. You understand? I mean, they, they did it. Uh, the Radak is very eloquent on this. You know, he says, Yisrael kol kochem betfilo, omakim mumus olam sheim chazak karazim shalom behem. You look it up yourself, you'll see. But then the next passing really hit me. And I'll tell you why I say that. I repeat, Israel's problem right now, as far as I can see, is the unbelievable tunnel system. They're going to have to figure out something to do about the tunnels. Maybe they use the flamethrowers like the U.S. Marines did. Maybe they use, I don't know, something else. You're not allowed to use poison gas now, although they would use it on us, but okay, you can't use it. Um, you know, you can use water. I'm sure right now, as I speak, the Sahal leaders, the, the, the ones who are supposed to be smart guys, are trying to figure out Lamaisa exactly what to do. Because it's a new ball game. Nobody ever fought nobody ever fought a war like this. I repeat, no one ever fought a war exactly like this. Um but you can't even use tear gas, I'm t i was told by somebody who's who's a legal expert and, and so forth today. So Aniyaz no Hashem. This would be here's an interesting idea. Hini Samti in Pasik Tesvav, Hini Samtiha Lamorag Kharutz Khadosh it's like it's speaking to Israel. It's amazing. What does this Pasuk mean? Okay. Um, let's see here. Let me find a good translation. Listen, all the translations are, are, are somewhat similar. 
I will make you, this is God talking to Chal Yisrael, the prophet Yeshayahu. I will make you into a threshing sledge. That's too old-fashioned. I'll make you a threshing sledge, new and sharp and having teeth. You will thresh the mountains and crush them. You make the hills like chaff. That's that's pretty much they all say that. A threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You know what that means? Imagine a plow. Now imagine a plow, plow, plow. With, you know, uh, multiple teeth. And so I run it over, I'm, I'm, I'm running it over a, a piece of karka like you would do a plow. But it's got sh- very sharp teeth and edges. It knows it rips open from the top whatever was concealed below. It's not just a, clou- a plow that makes a furrow, you know. It's mom is ripping over. This is what Israel needs. Imagine if they had something, and maybe they do. They have some kind of machine in which it digs deep into the ground below it and rips it out with very sharp teeth. You understand? And I'm not talking, it sounds like a science fiction, but it's not. So either it means it literally, or else it means it figuratively, in the sense that this will be the anti-tunnel weapon. It's it's uh, quite amazing. I'll say it again. I'll turn you into a new sharp threshing sledge with double edges, pair of PPOs, meaning with a lot of teeth. You will thresh the mountains. You know what that means? You rip through them and pulverize them and make the hills like chaff. So we are having a prophecy over here in Avuah in which there will be a physical karkadika problem, obstacle, facing Claudius Rowe. It will be on the ground or in the ground. And it will require, you know, the kind of instrument that can, you know, destroy anything that's an obstacle on the ground. By cutting it and ripping it out. You understand? Ripping it out. This is what the task is for our boys now in this coming offensive, if it happens. You'll thresh the mountains and make them small, meaning you'll rip up the mountains and make the hills like chaff. That is to say, you'll cut through any kind of uh, ground issues and just destroy them. You'll turn them into chaff. Uh, Halavai. Now, isn't this amazing that we have it in this week's Parsha? I mean, like I said before, imagine the soldiers or the officers that are listening to all this. And it goes on to say, and what happens when you rip these things out and throw them up? That might be the last passage. You will winnow them. You'll toss them in the air. And the wind will blow them away. A whirlwind will scatter them and rejoice in the Lord in uh, in the Holy One of Israel. So, you have to take what the other side has. You have to just rip it out by the roots, so to speak. You have to destroy that. <clears throat> Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Mir Tzeshem, the Israeli army will succeed. I don't know how, but let's say they succeed. And let's say they conquer Gaza. Let's just assume. They're not going to leave tomorrow. I'm not saying they should hold on to it, but I'm saying they're not going to leave tomorrow. So what's going to happen? If they pull out, some other group will use these 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 tunnels. That many. And the whole thing will start all over again. Next thing you know, you have missiles there, rockets. They've gone to business. And so Israel will have to destroy the tunnels for their own future safety. Agreed? I mean, that's push shot to me. Assuming that Israel is able to defeat Hamas, hopefully wipe them out, and the Israeli army is victorious, 
hopefully without heavy casualties, as we know. Uh, assuming they do that, what are you going to do with those fresh dunk in the tunnels? And I'll say it's not a few of them. I mean, I'm not pulling that article up, but I'll tell you right now, you know, it's a, you, you read from a guy who is a geomorphologist or something like that. Obviously, that must be a professor of tunnels. I'm serious. I'm very serious. And the Jerusalem Post, it's a very uh, enlightening article, very sad article. What are you going to do? You're going to have to destroy the tunnels. How do you think, think about that job from an engineering point of view? Those of you who are in the engineering business and that sort of thing, suppose I give you this contract. And I say you have a thousand or five thousand tunnels. I mean, I know, it's, the numbers are crazy, and they're sophisticated. They have concrete, and they have air conditioning systems, and they got the whole nine yards, and they have to be eliminated. I don't know how Israel is going to prevent them from being rebuilt. I don't know that, but these ones that are already there, if you don't eliminate it, they'll become trouble instantly. You see? So how are you going to do that? You're going to have to make machines, which is mamish samticha lemora karutz chadosh. It's like the Torah is telling you what you're going to do, right? You're going to have to make certain machines that can, you know, they're on the top of the ground and they run and they sort of rip. Imagine somebody going down your street with one of these big mamahucha machines with all these uh, teeth and destructive capabilities and they rip the ground, you know, the, the street in front of you in half. Once in a while you see that when they do these, uh, you know, the city does, engineering projects and things like that, you know, it happens. And uh, you can rip the whole thing in half, and then you have to dig even deeper to get to the roof of the tunnel. And then you have to, you know, uh, rip out the roof of the tunnel. And then a chvase was, you know, I don't know what you do, but are they going to use explosives or things of that nature? That's the best case scenario I just described. That means that we won, and that the bad guys are defeated and destroyed, and we can do whatever we want. Look, I'll be the tunnels... And, you know, and, and, and like I say, it'll, it won't have, that's not a job that takes a month. It probably takes a year for all I know. I don't know, maybe more. I mean, it, it, most of the people listening to these podcasts have no idea what's doing over there and the complexity of the matters over there. And here you have in this Torah, <laughs> it's telling you, you have to go and rip the stuff out. You have to throw it in the air and be carried off by the winds. Meaning there'll have to be some kind of system which all the stuff that you ripped out and destroyed is physically gotten rid of, transported in some other way. So imagine whole columns of trucks. I don't know what they're doing. They dump them in the ocean. I have no idea how they're going to do it. And there'll be a lot of junk in there. But if we can achieve that point, and if we can get to that point, then then we'll really be happy. Now, that doesn't mean we will have solved all the problems forever because no army can do that. Uh, not in Judaism. But on the other hand, uh, you'll have at least relief from this problem. And those, it'll be a big easement of the Tsars of Klai Yisrael. It doesn't mean that the Tsars are over. I hate to say it, but you know, the Tsars is part of the Jewish history. It reappears every once in a while as we just saw. And, you know, it is what it is. But what's important is, uh, you know, to, to be chazak and also not to be, um, what's the word, made to feel depressed and things like this. As the Pusik says, also, I mean, it's made, Al-Tira Kim Khani, Al-Tishta Kenil Kecha. 
mean, how do you translate it? Al tira kimchana, you know what that means. Oh, don't be afraid. Al tishta, Rashi says, al yimas lavavcha is kashayvazub. Don't, there's a long Rashi in this, don't let your heart melt. When you read, and I tell you, you shouldn't do it. You read all these anti Israel, anti Semitic comments, and everybody's hooked and exchanging with each other all the time these different videos. I don't care who you are, you're all doing it. Uh, it gets to you. And part of the thing he wants to do is, Yimas Lavavcha. And Hashem says, No, no, no. Okay? I've supported you. I was there and I help you. And I maintain you. And we can only hope that we'll reach the Madrega. Again, it's a remarkable Aftarah. All the enemies will be embarrassed. You understand? They'll be full of Busha Klima. You Ka'ayin, they'll be like zero. And those who are battling against you will will be wiped out. That's what it says. Tavakshim below Simsaim, Anshimisisecho. A time will come when even if you look for your enemies, you won't be able to find them because they'll be gone. You Ka'ayin, Ka'efes, Anshim Melcham Techo. The people making Melchama with you will be Ayin Ve'efes. Ki'ani Hashem Elkecha Machzikiminecho, Ha'omer Locha, Altira, Niaz Artiha. I'm telling you, Hashem is telling Al Tira, Aniyar Zarticha. If you tell the truth, if you were a chaplain in the, in the Israeli army and they say you picked the Haftorah to read this week, so between Machazik the soldiers, wouldn't you pick this one? Isaiah fourteen forty one. Would you pick this one? So I can't help it. I when you read these uh, passages, I know what they mean. You know, I mean, in another year I could explain this in a different way. But in this year, it's almost like reading through the newspaper. <laughs> you know? It's about reading the newspaper. So let's all daven that the positive nevuas that we just spoke about will be Mekoyim. Once again, thank you very much for Glock uh, Plumbing and our other friends. And uh, let's hope that we all hear Sarah's Tobit. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidovidkatz.com.